my name is Johan Norberg and today is March 23rd of 2018 and I'm here with David Krupp at Brooklyn College for the Our Streets, Our Stories project at the Brooklyn Public Library. So what's your Brooklyn story? Well, I was uh, born in January 1944, which was the middle of World War II. Uh, of course, I was a baby and was really not aware of it. So I really grew up post-World War II in uh, Brooklyn, uh, New York City. Um, which neighborhood? Mid Midwood neighborhood, okay. which is where Brooklyn College is. Yeah. Uh, the neighborhood was beautiful, as it is today, with uh, 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 tree-lined streets, uh, modest houses that were close together, uh, six-story elevated apartment buildings on some of the main streets. Uh, almost all the children walked to school, came home for lunch, walked back to school, uh, the school I went to, PS 197, went from kindergarten to eighth grade. So it was a very safe, familiar, uh, easy, easy, very easy life. Okay. Uh, what was also interesting is that in this particular neighborhood, there were really at least three villages based on the shopping streets. Okay. So Avenue J, which is closest to Brooklyn College, is a shopping street. It has a subway stop, and uh, people who live there all shopped around, people who lived around there all shopped on Avenue J. It had a movie theater that uh, Woody Allen used to play hooky for Midwood High School oh. and go to the Midwood Theater on Avenue J. Okay. I lived a few blocks away on Avenue M, which was also a shopping street with a subway station. So in reality, that was really a little village because all the people who shopped on Avenue M got to know each other and the merchants. Uh, since the uh, neighborhood was uh, mostly Jewish, uh, many of the people went to the same synagogues, uh, same elementary schools. Uh, so it was really, really a village. Uh, if you go further south, you run into King's Highway, which was a much bigger shopping street that had uh, a big savings bank, uh, a commercial bank, an express subway stop, and uh, quite a few uh, shoe stores, men's stores, uh, two movie theaters, the Avalon and the Kingsway, 
which are both converted. One to a store, and the other one is part of uh, Yeshiva University. Okay. If you walk further down, further west, down King's Highway, you came to a very small theater that showed foreign movies, and it showed all the great 50s and 60s foreign movies. Uh, Fellini, yeah. Bergman, Godard. Mm. So it was very, very nice to have that in the neighborhood. Unfortunately, now it's a porno house. <laughs> and we also had, uh, when I was very young, a trolley that ran on Ocean Avenue. That was a trolley on uh, Coney Island Avenue. Um, I think there was a trolley on uh, Flatbush Avenue, which were weighted, converted to buses following exactly the same route. Uh, one also wonderful thing was that you could take the subway 25 minutes and be in Coney Island, which was a uh, heaven for kids and adults. And when I was growing up, it was somewhat seedy uh, with many people drinking plenty of beer and there was a smell of urine around. <laughs> there were some honky-tonk bars. Uh, and in the summer, you might have half a million people you know, going to Coney Island. And of course, it had the, uh, the beach. Yeah. Uh, a little further east was Brighton Beach, which is a had a shopping street, but also a beach. And if you took a bus down uh, Flatbush Avenue across the Marine Parkway Bridge, there was the uh, uh, Reese Park, which is a beautiful city park with uh, concessions, basketball courts, tennis courts, uh, handball. Um, so it was just a, a wonderful place to live. And what we did as children was play in the street. And we played all the classic New York City street games. There was not that much traffic so uh, the cars didn't interfere too much. And the neighborhood was so safe that children could disappear on the weekends and only come home for food. <laughs> and the parents uh, never asked where you went. Um, you know, sometimes in the winter, I would go in my, my friend's basement and play with his wonderful electric train set or somebody else had ping pong and uh, otherwise it was uh, 
outside almost all the time. There was really nothing on television uh, for kids in the afternoon. But uh, I do remember watching a famous uh, first kids show called Howdy Doody Show, which was with alive people, puppets, and old-time slapstick movies. And it was very, very funny. Uh, uh, at night, uh, my family didn't own a television. My grandparents, who live upstairs, they owned a television. So if I wanted to watch television, I had to watch what my grandfather wanted to watch, because it was his television. And of course, in those days, children didn't tell their grandparents what to do. So I learned a lot about the world by watching the news with my grandfather. And uh, my interest in history and current events really dates from six, seven, eight years old, uh, watching the news with my grandfather. Uh, but it's my fault, my grandfather was a Russian Jewish immigrant who came from Odessa, which is a, a, a big port on the Black Sea. And he was a, a, a jeweler. He had a small factory, but he was a, educated person, uh, but he did like to watch some silly kids shows like uh, wrestling and uh, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. So I got, I got to watch those shows because my grandfather, even though he was a European born, educated person, still like these silly shows. <laughs> um, we uh, could take our bikes and ride them any place, not worry about safety or not coming back, or just completely free. Unlike today, where the parents are worried about every single little thing. Yeah. Nobody wore a bike helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we bought uh, any kind of candy we wanted. Nobody was saying no candy, no gum. No. Yeah. Uh, so when did the community change? The community really has not changed that much. Okay. Uh, today, it's more Orthodox Jewish. Okay. Uh, some Russian immigrants um, uh, since I don't live here anymore, it's a little hard for me to judge, yeah. but I've seen some uh, Arabs who live more towards uh, Coney Island Avenue, um, but still not many 
black or Hispanic people. And when I was growing up, it was unofficially segregated. The real estate agents would not bring uh, black or Hispanic people to this neighborhood. And the elementary school I went to was gigantic. There were only two black students in the whole school, and they were children of a superintendent of an apartment building. Uh, the school was a traditional New York City school. Uh, many of the teachers were not college graduates. They had gone to teacher school. And in my experience, uh, they were not very good. They seemed to know just what was in the curriculum or the textbooks and really nothing more. So I found it quite boring. When I went to high school at Midwood High School, which is right across the street from Brooklyn College, it was much, much more challenging and much more interesting. Um, a lot of my friends went to Brooklyn College because in those days it was absolutely free. And it wasn't based on your income either. Anybody who could get the, uh, good, had good grades and get good marks on the SAT test would be admitted to Brooklyn College even if your family were millionaires. And of course, today it's completely, completely changed. Yeah. Um, we had subway access to Manhattan by the Brighton line of the subway. So if you wanted to uh, go shopping, Macy's or Gimbel's or Orbach's or Mays, uh, just take the subway. It was very, very easy. If it was a movie you wanted to see on Broadway, take the subway. Uh, not far from Midwood was uh, Prospect Park, which had a small zoo, a traditional zoo with animals in cages, and a beautiful, beautiful, uh, expansive park where you could rent uh, rowboats and, and row on the lake. And there's still a carousel there for children. And across the street from there was the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, which has a beautiful greenhouse, beautiful grounds. Uh, uh, and then, oh, I almost forgot, when I was growing up, the Brooklyn Dodgers actually played in Brooklyn. And that was also a short subway ride to Ebbets Field on Empire Boulevard and Flatbush Avenue. Uh, so that also made uh, you know, uh, a tremendous asset to the neighborhood. Uh, my family never owned a car so we were more or less stayed in Brooklyn. Uh, 
my grandparents owned a bungalow in Long Beach, Long Island, where in the late 40s and early 50s, uh, many members of the family uh, lived in this little bungalow because the parents were afraid of the polio epidemic and they thought that was safer than living in the city. And of course that was just great fun because it was three blocks from the beach, uh, even though it was extremely crowded. Uh, but again, as little kids, you just wander away with your friends and come back. <laughs> so it was a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful place and time to grow up. And uh, as far as I can tell, the neighborhood is still, you know, really, really nice. How uh, do you think, why do you think it's, it hasn't changed that much in a... In, you know, Brooklyn is changing a lot. Um, I don't think this neighborhood has changed that much because it's mostly private houses. Okay. And over the years, since um, my grandmother sold uh, our house in 1968, the price of the houses has become astronomical. So really, only people who could afford private houses could move in. And I think that has kept the neighborhood you know, very, very stable. Okay. There were never any abandoned buildings or abandoned houses. Uh, and uh, because it was always a Jewish neighborhood, it, it really didn't change that much except becoming much more orthodox. Yeah. Uh, how long did you live in this neighborhood? You said that you moved from... I lived in the neighborhood since I was born in 1944 yeah. for 23 years. Okay. And I only moved because my grandmother, my grandfather had died. My grandmother uh, had had half of her leg amputated, and so she she had to move. So she had to sell the house. Okay. Did you work in this neighborhood? As well? uh, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> when I was uh, in in high school, I babysat for the two kids who lived next door. Uh, because their former babysitter, who was my friend's sister, went to college. So they got the kids got passed on to me. Yeah. And then my senior year in high school, I worked as a delivery boy on a, uh, at a drugstore on the corner of Avenue M and, uh, and Ocean Avenue for about, about six months. And uh, other summers when I was uh, back from college, I worked in, worked in Manhattan, basically as an office boy. Of course, you can't list office boy in the newspaper anymore, no. but they did in those days. Yeah. <laughs>
Is it anything else you'd like to tell us about the, like, about the area from that time? Did everyone know each other here? Uh, there, were, there were a lot of families and kids. That's a, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, even though this was uh, before and during World War II, there were a lot of kids because people talk about the baby boom yeah. when the soldiers came back from World War II, 1945, 1946. But surprisingly, there were a lot, a lot of children, okay. which made it just wonderful because there were playmates right on your block. And even though the blocks here are very, very long, and there's a lot of houses, uh, most of the adults knew all the children, and the children knew most of the adults. So again, it was a very villagey feel. Yeah. Yeah. Are you coming here meeting people from your childhood still? Well, it's interesting. I, I met a few people who went to the same elementary school as I did. Yeah. But the elementary school was so big that it drew from a very large area. So the people I've met lived in places, you know, that I uh, wasn't familiar with. Yeah. But I did uh, go to uh, elementary school with Bernie Sanders. Okay. He was two years ahead of me, so we were there at the same time. We went to different high schools. He went to Madison High School, and I went to Midwood High School because the Board of Education set, kept changing the boundary line between the high schools by one block. So uh, I did have a lot of friends who went to Madison High School when I went to Midwood, so I did lose contact with them, yeah. which was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, do you have a library here as well? Ah, the library. Library is still there. It's on the corner of uh, Kings Highway and Ocean Avenue. When I was very small, my sister uh, was older than me, there was a library on Avenue M upstairs in a, a building, like the second floor. So it was a tiny little library. I don't remember it. I just remember uh, my sister telling me about it. Yeah. Also, something interesting about food. Yeah. When I was growing up as a small child, there was no pizza. <laughs> and I remember the first pizzeria on Avenue M, which is still in exactly the same place. Uh, and it was 15 cents a slice. And there was certainly no Chinese takeout. There was one or two Chinese restaurants. Uh, uh, and of course, children you ate ice cream you know, all the time, either from a store, candy store, or 
the good humor man who would drive around in a white truck ringing bells and sell ice cream from his truck. I think it was 10 cents. <laughs> so what lessons did you learn from growing up in a neighborhood like this? Um, the lesson really is how wonderful and easy and simple life can be in a safe, well-run, happy neighborhood. And I don't remember any of my friends as teenagers being in trouble, taking drugs, nothing. Everyone respected their parents, their grandparents, uh, and uh, as far as I know, had uh, success, successful careers. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for future generations living here in Brooklyn in general or in this area? Well, this is general, uh, really, for bringing up children. Yeah. Uh, you have to uh, let them be free. Don't control them. Don't try to enroll them in 10 organized sports. Uh, let them have their friends away from you and under your thumb. And something I've learned uh, as a teacher is that the crucial thing to make kids intelligent is to uh, talk with them answer their questions, and encourage curiosity and scholarship. You don't have to actually teach them. It's your attitude towards education, knowledge that is the key, and that can be in any language. You do not have to speak English to do these things. So, is there anything else you would like to add to this interview? Or? I think I've uh, gotten most of my uh, opinions. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been really interesting to hear your Brooklyn story. So, thank you so much for telling it to us. You're very welcome, Johan. Thanks. <laughs>